0: On October 4th, the Human Rights Foundation's community reunited for the 2021 Oslo Freedom Forum at the New World Center in Miami. Guests from all corners of the globe joined together to discuss the year's most pressing human rights issues and to brainstorm new ways to expand freedom worldwide. Welcome to Dissidents and Dictators. A series of conversations by the Human Rights Foundation Dedicated to exposing and challenging authoritarianism around the world. Our theme, Truth Ignited, sought to amplify the voices of those who speak truth to power and to ignite movements that seek justice and democracy and defy authoritarian regimes. The 2021 program featured inspiring talks by global activists, scholars, and journalists, including from Belarus, Burma, Cuba, Iraq, Nigeria, the Uyghur region, and Venezuela. These are their stories, united around a common cause of uncovering truth. This episode was recorded during the 2021 Oslo Freedom Forum, a global gathering of activists and dissidents united in standing up to tyranny. Since 2009, individuals have come from across the world to educate, Share, and inspire at the Oslo Freedom Forum. You can watch this programming and more on the Oslo Freedom Forum YouTube or Facebook pages.
1: Good morning, Hadijah. So nice to have you here at the Oslo Freedom Forum.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you for hosting me. Of course. And inviting me. Of course. And I'm feeling very, very interesting feelings, very, very emotional moments I had. And still, um, this video was amazing I saw inside the studio. So what I feel, Jamal still alive more than he was and it makes me uh, more hopeful to to get justice for Jamal
1: well this this so Jamal
2: it is Jamal's dream it was Uh Jamal's dream Uh so now his dream is alive and he's alive and and it's uh, another chapter starting without Jamal but for Jamal and for everyone
1: So, this weekend, um, October 2nd, is the third anniversary of the absolutely brutal killing of of Jamal. And um, what, in terms of keeping him and his vision alive, can you tell us a little more about Jamal's vision, Jamal's vision for the Middle East, Jamal's activism? We, you, you talk about how he is very much alive, and you hadn't seen the projections that the Human Rights Foundation did all over New York to bring some of the, the attention to this beyond uh, the film. What, what, in your view, is the vision of Jamal? What is it we are wanting to keep alive, and, and that some of the people here who have come from dozens and dozens of countries may not know specifically, what, what is that vision?
2: The first of all, Jamal was asking evolution, not uh, revolution, is the most important thing that we should say, because...
1: um, So, evolution, not revolution.
2: Evolution, not revolution, is the most important point that uh, we should know, because Jamal was not working against Saudi, okay? So, um, what I... Remember, Jamal was saying that in the Middle East we have dictators, we have uh, military regimes, we have repression system, and we have to uh, get rid. Uh, we have to finish this. How we can do that? At the moment that became some views, or something happened in the Middle East, 2010, he started uh, saying that it is time to change, it is time to evolution. We should use these views through truth, through democracy, through freedom, because the, the regimes in Saudi and other Arab countries was not uh, allowed to speak. Um, there is no democracy in the Middle East, as you know. So he starts speaking about n- democracy. And I, I remember, um, maybe you, 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 you saw this, he was asking, I am I'm asking for in, um, at least or in minimum, he meant that democracy. He was asking about democracy as a minimum. Can you imagine that? So, in democracy and freedom, the most important things in the Middle East, they don't have. Right. so that's why he starts speaking he uh he's maybe 10 last years in his life uh, he saw this opportunity to take and then use through the governments and the change the this uh maybe not system but mm-hmm. you know so his mission also um he was saying the same values in the middle east we need reverse we we, we the middle east people arab people deserve to live the same values like western country mm-hmm. at least we should start with a little bit democracy and more democracy more freedom of speech and uh, and also uh, he you know there is no um, Not a lot of uh, people uh, like Jamal in the Middle East. Right. So he was a really uh, different person as a person. And writer, thinker, and um, intellectual. And he had a lot of sight. Because of this, we lost a lot of things. Because of this, you, you cannot find easily the Jamal as Jamal person in the Middle East. So, so this, that's why I, I'm keeping, seeking justice for Jamal because we lost a very important uh, man that maybe he, it will come the really difficult like him.
1: Well, let, let's talk about the um, search for justice for Jamal. So one day you're a doctoral student pursuing a PhD, and within 48 hours, you are the face of a global tragedy uh, and a story that ended up being uh, the biggest story of the year with so many stories, and you were essentially the face of this story, the, the face of this moral tragedy. Tell us a little bit about um, how difficult that was, that that transition, what what actually um, What did you go through and what does justice for Jamal uh, mean to you?
2: Uh, In personal side, it was really difficult to um, Understand what happened that day 2nd of October. I didn't ask being a public speaker uh, But at the beginning what happened to Jamal 2nd of October 2018, it was a big shock and I felt like um, the two different identity, mm-hmm. as a um, ordered person or order or any simple fatigue in my life, as, a, as you said, academic or researcher or Turkish citizen, and doing this, the essential things in her life. At the same time, one day came, and then I become uh, the part of a very big crime in the world, and. And it was a huge for me to understand what's happening. So I, I, I still don't, don't understand, really, believe me. Uh, I'm, I'm asking why I'm here, why I'm, I'm talking with you. You know, mm-hmm. and no, I, I mean, uh, it's a really, I still three years later, uh, I'm asking this question every day, every morning. What happened to him? Why, why I become an activist? I didn't ask this. I didn't ask being public speaker, and I didn't ask being uh, activist. I didn't ask uh, being who work in human rights um, issues. You know, I was a researcher in the Middle East and simple life. You know, every 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 person, but the regimes or the international community or governments or or powerful or money or money, um, the faces two faces in the world make me activist. It's not my choice, 100%.
1: And that is the sad reality of so many people in the Oslo Freedom Forum who are just living their lives. And then suddenly the horror of government, of a state that does not follow the rule of law, just reaches in and shakes them and punches them and pushes them. And before you know it, the plans they had for a particular life is completely uprooted. And like you said, you you find yourself in this situation kind of traumatized not knowing how did I end up here this is not what I planned but you actually um, as opposed to some who can't get back up as opposed to some who simply just um, these things happen to them and they are unable to respond to these things with the level of courage that you can with what you have exhibited um, Agnes Calamard the UN Special Rapporteur for uh, extrajudicial killings, she did an extensive investigation into the murder of Jamal. And she established and concluded that the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, personally planned and premeditated the murder of Jamal with a team of people he sent into Turkey. Beyond this, every intelligence agency of Western countries, the United States specifically, concluded with absolute certainty, that the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia is responsible for this murder. What does justice for Jamal, what does that look like for you? What does it look like?
2: My message is really clear. He shouldn't be Crown Prince. And he shouldn't be (laughs) a start. He shouldn't be king, and we have to punish him. We have to send him in jail, or he has to be held accountable. It's justice. And by the way, I just 10, 10 minutes ago before I came here, I received a message. Sister of Abdulrahman said, "Han, I don't know the Arid here or not. Uh, I Arid." And um, they decide the, uh, her brother twenty years prison and twenty another twenty years travel ban
1: for and for this young lady's brother. Yes, no,
2: no, no. His his brother, right. Abdurrahman Saidhan in Saudi Arabia. Okay. And he did not do anything. So when I saw uh, these issues uh, beside the, what happened to Jamal, because I I I become. As uh, activist, as you said, but I am not feel really activist still. But uh, I I understood um, or I, I understand what's happening, and and it it encouraged me to being more. By the way, mm-hmm. these stories and these these uh, these people here like Arid and his brother, and I don't know him, and I don't know Arij, but they they make they make we are friends.
1: Well, you understand because you can sympathize with it. The thing that happens when, for instance, today we've had a number of people talk about situations in their own countries. Yeah. And people who are not involved in the human rights field, people who are watching, people who are in the audience, the thing is once you know what has happened, once you understand what is happening, you yes. have a choice. Yes. You can participate yes. or you can look away.
2: But and if, if you, you have, look away,
1: it's a reflection. But if you have on branches,
2: you. If you have conscience, you should understand. Right,
1: yes, precisely. But well, you
2: have cannot silence your conscience.
1: So while some if people you look away because they just don't want to deal with the responsibility and the accountability that we actually are all members of one large community and we need to assist each other in realizing, realizing our individual rights, our individual freedom and our individual sovereignty. And you've understood that, which is why you can immediately react to that. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, Has anyone from the Saudi government ever contacted
2: you? No, not at all.
1: Has, in these three years, have you found yourself perhaps like under threat or are they after you? Of course,
2: every day. Uh, They're attacking me on social media every day and they're targeting me, they're uh, following me and when I was in London, if you remember. And they were they were following me there. So and the Twitter every day and the social media, they try to do they what they can do.
1: Well, in London, I remember that you had an apartment in London, um, and they got themselves an apartment across the street. Yeah. So they could watch you all the time. So they could see what you were doing. And, and that's unfortunately,
2: when. I didn't know that at that time. But I I, I knew. A while after
1: well, they are I mean, it's quite remarkable. You have a this trillionaire psychopath who is the uh, n- Named as the potential future king of Saudi Arabia, and then you have you uh, You're not a trillionaire or a millionaire And yet you stand with one thing which is the truth and your voice and they are absolutely terrified of you. Yeah, that's 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 incredible, that's Thank really you. incredible. How, how can what what can we do? How can this community, how can the people watching help you?
2: Uh, they shouldn't forget what happened to Jamal. Uh, we don't, uh, we need to uh, remember Jamal. And because he he paid a very high price for these values that we are talking about. And we also need um, to, support this campaign justice for jamal mm-hmm. and i think it's a male uh, the main essential things they can do and also uh, Thor, i remember i I, sh- I want to say it's a very important my notice uh, at the beginning of this crime um the 2000 2018 i remember that the people was calling me from everyone every everywhere but the most important thing is the governments. The, the, the part of the, the, the Human Rights Council mm-hmm. belongs to governments in Europe. You know? So the governments was calling me, and the big media outlets was calling me every day. And then the six months later, maybe a year later, the human rights um, foundations they continue to calling me from the beginning at the end or until now, what I want to say from this, because of the politics, because of the relationships, because of the the money, um, power of money, Mm -hmm. the people get away step by step from this case. Now who talks about this issue? It's human rights defenders. Mm And human rights foundations as you and also freedom from one of them so we should keep this strong this this companies or this this side. and I was in DC a couple of days ago and it's a really sad just I saw the some human rights defenders there and they uh, start tweeting about what's happening in DC because we are protesting in front of consulate in Saudi, Saudi uh, embassy in Washington. And then the media or big media outlet took from them and then they start uh, tweeting about what's happening in DC. What I'm saying, the, the word make us uh, activists or the human rights defender, but they, they follow us what we are doing and they took took from us as news. I you understood? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Well, do do you believe that? Do you believe that justice will be done for Jamal?
2: Yes, of course, one day.
1: Well, Hadija, thank you very much.
2: Okay, you're you. welcome.